I'm excited about today's message. We're going to talk about loneliness, and uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. It's a big thing going on right now. So let me just read a couple of these scriptures, and I'll show you how it all kind of ties in. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 8, uh, verses 1 to 3, and then Luke 17, 11 to 19. So 8, 1 to 3 goes like this. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Luke 17, 11 to 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? He is, uh, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now, there's a bunch of stuff in there. There's a lot of good things. The Samaritan, we talked a little bit about that. The Samaritans, the Jews, and the Gentiles, and all in, in, the, in the different uh, um, relationships they had. And so the Samaritan, the one that the Jews would think was uh, you know, an outcast, came back and thanked Jesus. But Christ extends healing. He extends healing to the lonely, he, the outcast, the downtrodden, and he offers a place in his church. And because Christ has, has um, offered inclusive space to those that are suffering from loneliness and that are downtrodden and that feel outcast, it is the responsibility of us as the church. And I don't mean as a building, I mean as the people. It's the responsibility for the church to reach out and love those that feel unwanted. Now, Mother Teresa said this, and it sticks today very well. She said, the biggest disease today is not leprosy or tuberculosis, but the biggest disease today is the feeling of being unwanted. Now, we can tie the feeling of being unwanted and loneliness together because they, they do uh, kind of intermix a bit. And the answer to this disease is shown in the healings that we read today that were considered in this story. Now, Christ shows his dedication to those who are isolated. He heals social outcasts, granting them new space in society, in the church, in the group. Uh, through healing, uh, he reveals the heart uh, and love for the lonely. And so now in ancient Israel, we know this, that lepers were commanded by law to live outside. Those with skin diseases or any kind of sickness that was, that was something that was contagious was command, they were commanded to be outside the cities or outside the camp. And they were even to shout unclean as they would pass others um, and, and encounter those that didn't have the disease. And, and we see this in Leviticus 13. Now, <clears throat> a lot of times people think that Leviticus is boring. I like Leviticus. It's got a whole bunch of different processes going on, but I I'm going to read this scripture to you, and then I'm going to back the truck up just a little bit and read something for you that is very interesting. I've been wanting to share this with you for a long time, but uh, 
you know, with COVID and all that, it gets a little, you know, the topics get a little touchy. So, but I'm, I'm going to, so in this particular verse, of, uh, 40, verse 46 of chapter 13 in Leviticus, he says this, he says, he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease, he is unclean. He shall live alone, his dwelling shall be outside the camp, okay? So that's the proof that anyone who has a disease that's contagious is to live outside the camp because they don't want to get a disease running rapid through everyone. Now, <clears throat> let's just be clear here for a minute. I'm not picking sides when it comes to the pandemic. I just want to point something out to you. You take what you want and you just chew on it for the week. But if we back up to verse 45, and this is talking about someone with, an, with, a, with a disease, a contagious disease. Now, all throughout chapter uh, 13, it talks about that the unclean person is to go to the priest, and they are, the priest is to decide whether or not, you know, what the deal's going on with the illness. And the priest can quarantine the people, right, for seven days. And then they, they keep checking every seven days to make sure that the person is clean. So, when we're talking in this scripture that I just read, talking about how those have to be outside the camp, I said, he will remain unclean as long as he has a disease. He's unclean. He must live alone outside the camp. Him or her have to live outside. If you go back to verse 45, it says, the person who has the case of a serious disease is to have clothes torn and his hair hanging loose. Now, let's not get too caught up on that. The next part is this. He must cover his mouth and cry out. So he must cry out, unclean, unclean. Now, during our pandemic, you, got, you had to wear a mask, but you didn't have to walk by everyone going, unclean, unclean, right? But it is, a, it is scriptural to quarantine for certain things. Again, don't want to get into the arguments of the pandemic and the disease and which whether you believe COVID is you know, a, a proper disease or not a disease. That, that's not the point. The point is that right there in Leviticus is a normal thing. It's a normal for a group of people to quarantine. Again, we don't have to agree with everything together as well as with our government, but the point is this is not unbiblical. Again, just wanted to throw that in there for you. Take that, chew on it, see what God says to you, and, and uh, just, just read that. It is very interesting. Leviticus chapter 13, just go through it. A little bit you know, of a yawner, but I do find it very interesting. In the times where Scripture is a yawner, you find just gold nuggets such as that saying, hey, if you're unclean, you've got to be quarantined. And it's like anything. In my training as a, as a first responder, any kind of contagious disease there's rules, masks, funny painter outfits, all those kind of things, little, little booties on your shoes, all that, spray down clean, all that. So just know that this is scriptural. It happened. Again, doesn't, doesn't mean that you know, we fully agree with what happened with the government, with all the right regulations, all that kind of stuff. Some things didn't make sense. I know, I understand, but I just wanted to point that out for you. So anyone who was unclean was to be set outside the camp, and they would be lonely. They would be isolated because they couldn't do certain things. They couldn't hang out with family. They couldn't be home. They couldn't go to religious ceremonies. They were ritually and physically unclean individuals who were unable to participate in anything until they were clean. Last week, we talked about the lady that was bleeding forever, okay? It's, it's in Leviticus 13, 14, and 50. Just go in there. You'll see it. It's all in there about being unclean and not unclean. It even talks about men and how they're unclean. So 
It's a big, a big read, but you'll, you'll understand it. But they had to be set out. And so this passage that we see, this group of outcasts standing at a distance in Luke chapter 17, calling out to Jesus saying, have mercy on us. And they were healed. And interestingly, Christ doesn't use words to heal them. He simply says, go to the priest, have the priest look over you, um, and you know, he'll do what the law says and decide whether or not you're clean or not clean, uh, and then you can be accepted back into society. So he's following the Leviticus. Jesus is following what the Leviticus scripture has said. Go see the priest. He'll make the decision and whatever. So they do that. Despite all the lepers having sufficient faith to go see the priest, only one returns and thanks Jesus, the Samaritan, which was considered a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, right? And so they were called the Samaritans. They, were, they didn't get along with everybody else, and they came. He came back. One came back out of those ten. Now, Samaritans and Jews, again, were alienated from one another, uh, and Christ was... He seemed shocked, but I think it was more to make a point where the other nine, he says, was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner making a point that this person came back and out of all of them, he didn't, you know, we weren't to expect that. And so this one has made his faith, um, it, sorry, he's, he's told by Jesus that his faith has made him well and, he's, and we're given that affirmation of salvation. Now, there was a survey done by Harvard, and is most recently about COVID-19 and the pandemic. And the pandemic has drastically deepened feelings of isolation and loneliness. I think we can all agree on that, whether we agree on other parts or not. We know that it has caused issues for some. For some, it hasn't because they didn't slow down. Some really enjoyed the isolation because some people are, you know, prefer that. But many young adults have had a problem with loneliness and isolation. And it's a big deal. It's a serious loneliness. It's not just, oh, I feel a little mopey today, you know, typical teenage-itis, that kind of thing. It's literally loneliness deep in the core. It's very serious. And many people that are older than young adults, but this particular study was done on young adults. They're feeling lonely. They're feeling isolated. And even though things have opened up, they still have it. They're still stuck. They're stuck in that loneliness. And I've said all along that the church needs to be inclusive. We need to be including. We need to have a community that's healthy, that's lifting each other up. And if no other time in history we have been that way, we need to be that now. We need to be an uplifting group of people that encourage those that haven't been coming together. Uh, we need to encourage them to come back. And so while we, as Christ followers, may feel lonely, I know some people think, well, if you come to Jesus, everything's great. And No, you still can have those feelings of loneliness. Christ provides a way for us that, that feel lonely, that feel isolated, to be accepted and loved because of his sacrifice. Now, the church literally should be a physical manifestation of this healing by granting space to those that feel like outcasts, that feel lonely. And if Christ can heal those outcasts that were in our scripture today, then he is able to care and love for the lonely and the downtrodden and the isolated. So in other words, this miracle shows us that Christ grants the lonely community a body 
to be a part of his church. So if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling isolated today, I want to encourage you to, to, to know a couple things. I want you to know that you are not alone. And that's easier said than felt. Okay? And I recognize that. But even if you feel lost, even if you feel alone, you need to know that Jesus loves you so much that as we sang today, he'll leave the 99 to go find you. He doesn't leave them abandoned. He knows where the 99 are, but he doesn't know where the one is, so he goes to find it. Goes to find it. And we sang, we sang that today in, in one, of our, uh, one of our songs. But God is with you. And Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Just reminded me of this is the way. A little bit of Mandalorian there for all of you that understand that. A little Star Wars trivia for you. <laughs> this is the way. Jesus, uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Don't believe the lie that you are alone. Don't believe it. The best thing that Satan does is put doubt in your mind. And as you all know, I'm not a mystical person, but there is a spiritual warfare going on. And the devil loves to put doubt in your mind no matter what it is put doubt. And he does it in a way where you don't even realize it. You need to understand this morning that Jesus loves you and you are not alone. Make that just percolate inside of you. You're not alone. Those that are out there, those that we can see physically are feeling isolated and feeling alone, let them see the love of Jesus through you. But please know today that you're not alone. Recognize that. There's scripture to prove it. Yes, feelings, feelings are not always correct. I've always said your, your feelings may be right to you, but they might be misplaced. They might be misplaced. Feelings can lead you in a direction that you don't necessarily want to go. And sometimes we need to get up in here and recognize, and then in our heart, know that we're not alone. So you're not alone. Secondly, change your perspective on being alone. Have you ever tried to change your perspective? Sometimes it's difficult. You need to find people around you that can help point you in that new direction to change that perspective. Some people that you trust, but you need to find someone. Jesus, in Luke 5.16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. When you feel lonely, when you feel like an outcast, when you feel disconnected, do you pray? Do you ask God to help you feel his presence and understand that he's still with you even though everyone else seems to have abandoned you? Think about your perspective. Jesus set this example of withdrawing to lonely places and many times without his disciples because, come on, think about some of the stories with these disciples. Man, they, they could be annoying. 
right? Like, I could see Jesus going, I got to get away from these guys. They're driving me nuts today. I'm going to go pray. You No, 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 no. Listen. <laughs> Listen, Peter, you better stay right there. You do not follow me. I'm going to this treed area. Don't look for me, okay? But, but Jesus, I want to be... Listen, Peter, you're kind of annoying today. You've been bugging me all day, asking me a whole bunch of questions. Just back off for a few minutes. I'm going to go hit this tree and hang out by myself because I need some me time. I can imagine it, especially knowing some of the stuff Peter's doing so annoying but many of the disciples were on Jesus all the time. That can be frustrating. And as a leader, Jesus is going, oh, man, I just, I got to go. And so he does. And so he went and he prayed. And so his perspective was different, right? We tend to think that loneliness is a bad thing. And depression can be, yes, of course. But loneliness uh, doesn't have to be a bad thing. There are seasons in our lives where we need to pull away from people and reconnect and hear from God. There are times for that. Sunday morning at 10.15 is not that time, so let's encourage people to come back. The world around us is so noisy. There's a lot going on, and uh, it's distracting, and a lot of times those quiet times are, are, are when you really can refocus and reconnect with God. It's important that we grow spiritually in our own lives and have that time where we can just quiet things down and just let God speak to us. So use this time when you feel lonely, when you feel isolated, to pray. Okay? Now, is that going to fix everything? No. But take that time. Remember, we're going to recognize we're not alone. We're going to try to get a different perspective on what it means to be lonely by, isol by being isolated and by um, reaching out to God. And thirdly, we want to reach out to someone that we trust. Reach out. Explain how we're feeling. Someone we trust. Romans 14, verse 7. For none of us lives ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling lonely, Realize you're not alone. Reach out to somebody. Change your perspective. If you are not feeling isolated and not feeling alone, reach out to someone that you think might be. This is where we are to be active. Just because we're not feeling lonely or feeling isolated doesn't mean others are not. So reach out to someone who needs that. And we can take part in what Christ showed by example by reaching out. And as believers in Christ, uh, we can take heart that we are never alone. God will always be with us. He said through his scripture. We can also be encouraged that he allows these seasons of loneliness, these seasons of loneliness to prune, to prepare us for what the next step is in our journey, where we're going, where he wants us to be, what he wants us to do. We're not abandoned, but we are loved deeply enough to have times of restoration and healing, times of quiet with God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So this morning, think about it. If you're not feeling alone, reach out to someone who is. If you are, recognize what we talked about today. Change your mindset. Change your perspective. 
Get involved. Serve. Be a part of other people's lives. It's important to do that. So at this time, I'm going to ask the band to come. We're going to do communion. Um, they probably didn't realize that. Um, we're <laughs> so I'm going to get you to stand with me. I'm going to pray. And then as they start playing the song, I'm going to get you to come and take their gluten-free communion here uh, in the baskets and in those other containers. So please stand. And then come to the front and take your uh, emblem. And then we will, uh, we will do our communion. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that there are times in our lives where we may feel lonely. There are times in our lives where we might feel isolated. But thank you for the example that you've given us in Scripture of where those times are important. Those are times where we reach out to you. Those are times where we are to uh, support others and come around them and lift them up, but we're to hear from you. So, Lord, help us to have the right heart. Help us to understand where we are with you. Help us to have a healthy view of a relationship with you. And as we take communion, let us be focused on what Christ has done in the church. Let us focus on what he's done for us. Died on the cross. Rose from the dead. Defeated death. So that we can be free. So Father, as we sing, let us think of what you've done in our lives. Amen. Amen. So if you would come, please, you can manually take, and then uh, we'll share it together once everyone has received their emblems.
Matthew, we read, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat it. This is my body. Let's take together. Remember what Jesus done. I can hear you struggling to open these things. <laughs> Communion is supposed to be serious. What are you laughing at? Okay. Then he took a cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's take together. Amen. I mean, let me pray. Father, thank you for your son on the cross defeating death. And as we sang, let us be available for what you need us to do. You've empowered us by the Holy Spirit. Let us not forget that. We can reach others, those that are lonely, those that feel isolated outside the camp. Let's bring them in. Let's lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives every day. Amen. Amen. I just have a couple announcements for you. One announcement is, you may be seated for two seconds. One announcement is that we have an intern, another intern. So Caleb is our, is our, uh, our summer intern. And we have another intern, Danny. Dick, if you'd stand up, Danny. So Danny's one of our summer interns as well as um, just newly, freshly engaged Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> and no, he didn't have any say in the hiring of Danny. We didn't listen to him. We just went on her because she's awesome. And then my other announcement is I know we had announced that Pastor Christian had resigned, so we're kind of done with him now. He's dead to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. We love him. He was amazing. And as, as I heard recently quoted from Caleb, the best youth pastor in the history of the universe. I thought I heard that in the interview. <laughs> that for my next announcement is to say that let's welcome our new youth pastor, Caleb Owens. <laughs> so there we go. We, we're very excited. We've known him since this tall with his little plastic guitar, and we will always use this story to embarrass him probably for the rest of my life for sure, but we're very thankful to have him. And just so you know, um, be, it, it was a longer process than you think. So just because it happened quickly, it was not quick. It was a long process. We put him through the ringer. The board uh, sat him down, had some really good questions for him, and he answered them like a good Bible college student would. But he did a great job. We were very impressed with him. Um, and so here he is, the new guy. Starts August 1st. So, All right. <laughs> God bless you. I hope you have a great week, and you congratulate Caleb uh, when you see him. God bless you. Excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>